Opinions expressed on the Ice Free Fitness podcast are those of the individuals and do not necessarily represent Blind Alive. No comments are meant to diagnose or treat any particular condition, but to assist you on your journey to wellness. Please consult your doctor if your questions are of a medical nature. Hi, everybody. This is the Eyes Free Fitness Podcast number 82. I am Mel Scott, and today we're going to be having a conversation with Sarah Harris. Sarah Harris is not a super athlete. She's a regular kind of person, but she did decide to step outside her comfort zone and do an adventure with the Project Athena. She'll tell you all about what that is. And so what she did was essentially a walking marathon. So we're going to be talking about walking today. And I think it may inspire you or help you to possibly decide to step outside your own comfort zone. And then after our interview with Sarah, Lisa's got a book it segment for us. So let's just jump right into that interview with Sarah Harris. Hey, Sarah, it is so good to have you on our podcast today. Hey, Mel, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, sure. Yeah, this is this is great fun. I wanted to make sure that we talked to Sarah because I wanted her to tell us about her uh, adventure with the Athena Project and her Cove to Harbor walking marathon. So, Sarah, let's just tell people what your story is and about your sight loss and that whole thing so we have a background. Okay, so oh, almost 15 years ago, so it'll be 15 years on November 3rd, um, I was just making a very simple, normal drive home from um, the grocery store. And then it was actually the grocery store where I worked. Um, but I was on vacation, um, because my husband and I were just celebrating our first wedding anniversary and I was driving and making, you know, a left-hand turn and, you know, a lot of intersections, they don't have a left-hand turn signal, so to speak. And so I had pulled out to make my left, a car had just finished making their right and a big SUV blew through the intersection through the red light and hit my car and I was blinded instantaneously. And it was obviously, you know, a a huge game changer in my life, my husband's life. And, um, we just had to pick up and make things work. Wow. So how long were you in uh, rehab? Um, well, basically I was uh, hospital wise. I was only in the hospital for five days. Um, <laughs> wow. I, yeah, no, I, I, well, cause it was the, I think the strangest part of it all was really the only injuries that I did sustain were to my face. Um, mm. you know, there were numerous broken bones. I do have a lot of metal in my face, um, but they did a beautiful job. I mean, you can't really tell. I, um, uh, my nose was completely reconstructed and it was all initial surgery. But there wasn't much that they could do for me at the hospital. And at the time we um, had here UMC, which was uh, the main trauma you know, unit for the Central Valley here in California. And they were amazing, but they were, you know, very overfilled. And so, right. you know, it's like, all right, go home. <laughs> and and that's, what I, that's what I did. I was fortunate enough that um, my mother-in-law worked with, um, someone who had a, their husband was visually impaired, I believe was the story. 
And they hooked her up with uh, a few different resources, one of them being the Department of Rehab and another being, uh, at the time, it was called Friendship Center for the Blind. And so I was able to make some connections. And I had the most wonderful uh, rehabilitation counselor who showed up at my door with a talking watch and, you know, (laughs) um, bump dots to put on my microwave so that I could, you know, feed myself. Um, (laughs) and, and, and a cane, you know, which I had no clue what to do with, you know, most of those things. Um, cause it was definitely different and I am totally blind. I don't have light perception. And, so, you know, and, and I think the most ironic part of all of it is I was scared of the dark. You know, yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I had to get over that one really quick, really, really quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of other things I expect. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> just just, yeah, just a few more things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. So just out of curiosity, if you had not had that connection to get you hooked up with the with the services, did the people at the hospital or anybody send you home with, you know, here's a phone number you can call? Did you have anything like that? No. And that that's the real unfortunate thing about it was there wasn't any resources given by, you know, any of the professionals. And, you know, and, and that's something that um, we're really trying to, uh, you know, make a difference with. And, and that's with uh, California Council of the Blind as well as, you know, now Friendship Center for the Blind is now called Valley Center for the Blind. And we have really been trying to get out there and talk with ophthalmologists and optometrists and hospitals and let them know, you know, to tell their patients we're here because that wasn't happening at that time at all, which is is very scary. Very, very scary. Because there's so many people that are falling through the cracks with that whole system or lack of system. Oh, yeah. I've met people that, you know, had no clue that there was a blind center here, you know, and they were losing their vision, you know, over a few different years. And and then they find out, oh, my gosh, this blind center has been here for over 40 years. (laughs) And, you know, and, and nobody knows. And that's the same thing with, you know, CCB. Our organization has been around for over 80 years, and it's just we're learning that we need to work on increasing our visibility. And so that's one thing that we have just really been pushing. We actually had a three-day event this past weekend over at um, our local Barnes & Noble, and and we had a couple of our chapter members reading story time to the kids using books, you know, with Braille. Um, We had an information table. We had low vision things available there for people to see and try. We had our, one of our members, Olivia Ostergaard, she actually wrote a book about getting her guide dog. (laughs) And so she, she was there, um, signing her book and we did a awareness walk, just so many things. And we networked all over the place and, and it was really nice to be able to give that information to the public because there's just that lack of knowledge. Yeah. So that's, that's a great, a great outreach that that you're doing. So so let's get back to to you and your your story. So you've had 15 years now and you you stayed with your husband and you had a baby during yes. that time. And so um and t- tell the story about um being pregnant. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I found out that I was pregnant 6 months to the day 
after my car accident. And, you know, my husband and I were told that maybe we couldn't have kids because not because of the accident, but, you know, other medical issues. And, you know, we'd been trying and nothing had happened. And so we just kind of, you know, gave up on the idea because there were other things going on. But, you know, Carson had other ideas. Um, <laughs> Carson's but- the baby. Carson's the baby. Yes. Yeah. Um, not so much anymore. She's almost 14. And but yeah, she, um, you know, it's so funny, because when I, I found out that I was pregnant, um, there were several people that were a little concerned. They're like, well, what are you going to do if she picks up something and chokes? And what are you going to do in this situation? It's like, well, what does any other parent do in that situation? <laughs> um, I had to go um, because my insurance had obviously ended from my job and I had to go apply for Medi-Cal. And I had a social worker who seriously asked me, you know, well, have you looked into adoption agencies? And I'm like, for what? And she's like, well, your baby, you can't have this baby. You're blind. (laughs) And I'm like, what? And knowing what I know now, oh, I would have done things way differently. (laughs) Um, I just basically kind of cried and cussed her out. But, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that was was a good thing to do. (laughs) That was a good thing to do. But, you know, now knowing what I know, I would have took some different efforts and kind of went up a, a chain of command there and, and to try to teach people. Um, but it, it it's so funny when you have a kid anyway, just take out the, the whole blindness part of the equation, you know, you're, you're totally lost. You have no clue what to do. Here's this new little person that you're totally responsible for. And when Josh and I brought her home, it was like, okay, here she is. What do we do with her now? <laughs> and, you know, but she, she's the one that kind of guided us through. And I, I think, I think that's what kids do. You know, they kind of say, okay, here's what I need. I'm going to cry right now because I'm hungry and you're going to feed me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, right. uh, yeah. But Carson was definitely the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel that I needed to just feel, feel, to feel needed. Right. That I, I love that insight that, you know, you were in such a state six months after you had lost your, your sight. And then I guess she was born, what, several months later. But so you'd had some time to adjust. But, you know, she, she really probably helped you adjust to this new way of being. Oh, yeah, because I had to step up my game because it wasn't about, you know, just me anymore. Um, you know, I couldn't sit around, you know, there's always the joke about, you know, the blind person who sits in their house and they eat a sandwich, they listen to their talking book, they take a nap, you know, I couldn't do that. I had to take care of somebody, you know, and, um, we had a lot of fun, you know, we did things, um, differently, um, where we lived, uh, there wasn't a fence, you know, on our patio. And so I couldn't just, you know, take her outside to play. So we would, you know, blow bubbles in the bathtub or we would, uh, one time we actually had a little blow up pool that we put in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we, we made things work and, you know, and it was really nice that when we bought our house, um, she was five. Yeah. She was getting ready to turn five when we bought her house. And so then she was able to, you know, have a backyard and, you know, and, and I still had to let go a little bit because that was even scary. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I always taught my kid to make noise. Um, I regret it a little bit now, but 
<laughs> you have to be creative. And I think that's one thing we learn as, you know, people who are blind and losing vision and that whole thing is we learn to be very imaginative and, and creative because we have to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So let's move forward a little bit to, um, I'm curious to know, during that time, were you were you interested in, in fitness? Were you exercising? And, and, you know, how did your, how did your, your fitness story go through that time up until when you did your walking marathon? Okay, I'm going to be totally honest here. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I am not, I have never had any sort of athletic ability in my life. I was a <laughs> theater geek. I actually was joking with my friend this morning because we're talking about Letterman jackets. And I said, oh, I said I didn't have a jacket, but I actually lettered in theater. I mean, who does that, right? Um, (laughs) I love it. Apparently me. So, no, I I was not athletic at all. You know, I I always thought about doing things, um, but I just never did. Moving forward, though, um, oh, a few years ago, uh, a couple of friends of mine and I, we started um, teaching chair yoga over at the Valley Center for the Blind. Um, we were doing a whole creative recreation series, and that was part of it. And so I kind of started to get a little interested, and then I took a dance class, you know, little things like that. Then moving forward with this whole Project Athena Foundation, apparently now I'm an athlete. That's what, <laughs> that's what they told me. Yay! Which, which is super <laughs> funny. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> I am not an athlete either. I'm an exerciser, but I'm I'm not an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently now I am. So now you have to go do an, an Athena adventure, and then you can be an athlete too. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I I really like to exercise by myself in in my house, all all by myself. That's just kind of the way I am. I love to walk, but. You know, maybe who knows? Maybe I will. I'm not going to say never. I really am not. Yeah, you you can't. You can't never say never. That's Nuh-uh. right. Yep, that's yeah. that's true. So, so what happened? What got you? What got you going? Oh, with the whole project Athena thing. Okay, so this is funny. Um, I'm over at Applebee's and we're having a pancake breakfast fundraiser for my CCB chapter. And um, we have all these incredible sailors there, by the way. I'm going to plug the Lemoore sailors here. Um, <laughs> they, they came out and they volunteered. And I'm getting these text messages from our CEO, Paul Shane. And um, he's like, call me. And I'm like, I'm busy. I'm doing a fundraiser. And he's like, well, call me at the office. You can be in Athena. And <laughs> so I kept telling everybody, I'm like, oh, so I got this weird text from Paul about it being, <laughs> being in Athena. I'm like, what is talking about and nobody knew because I thought it was some weird thing that like I just never you know had no clue like some little code thing I don't know yeah and so I get home and I give him a call and he tells me all about Project Athena Foundation and what Project Athena Foundation is is they are a group that put on these great adventures Um, you know mine was the Cove to Harbor they also have a rim to rim and a rim to rim to rim for the Grand Canyon. They have a keys to recovery, which is kayaking and um, biking in Florida. And then they also have a 24 hour um, thing that they do in Santa Barbara, which I believe includes walking, running, and the bike. You know, I so may be like, a little off on that, so like on a that one. 
Yeah, yeah. And so, but what they do is they have um, this mission to take men and women, and the women, of course, are Athenas, the men are Zeus's, Mm -hmm. that have had, you know, something traumatic happen to them, whether it be, you know, like my case, losing my sight in a car accident, or having PTSD, having cancer, losing a limb, you know, all, all these different pieces, I mean, that really can change your life. But what they want to do is take someone on an adventure and teach them that they are still able and capable of of doing something amazing. And, you know, going into the whole thing, you know, you get this training module. And with Cove to Harbor, it's uh, 16 weeks. And it's daunting. You're <laughs> saying, oh, this day you got to walk four miles. This day you got to walk six. This day you need to practice hills. You know, it, it's a lot of stuff. And all you have to do is you just have to do it. And and if you cannot do it exactly the way they have it written out, you just have to modify. And believe me, modify I did. <laughs> and um, because I decided that, you know, because with being blind and especially being totally blind, I don't have the luxury of just walking out of my house and being able to find four miles to go to that is is safe. And especially I, I live kind of like, like what I like to call the suburbia of the country. Um, mm-hmm. We have a little subdivision, but, you know, you go out of my neighborhood and there's not sidewalks. Right. Um, so, you know, it's it's not necessarily, you know, a safe area for me to travel alone. So how did you do that? How did you so, make it happen? I, um, I would walk in my house. Um, and then the other piece was I got turned on to your, uh, exercises. Yes. Good. Yes. That's good. Yes. <laughs> and I will tell you the boot camp as, a, and I will tell everybody, it'll kick your butt, but <laughs> that is one way to keep yourself moving. And by the time you're done with it, and I don't remember, I'd, I had figured it out one time and you do a couple of miles. You know, by the time you're done moving around, yeah, um, and and so that and and it's a good what is that one like fifty minutes? Boot camp is there. It's pretty much thirty thirty minutes. Is yeah. it thirty? Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, but you do that, and you know, you've really put something in for the day. You know, and I, it always seems longer to me. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they really do seem forever. <laughs> I'm like, oh. But I love, you know, the, the, the yoga is what I like. That's, you know, and especially like at the end when you're doing your stretch and, you know, right. you're laying on the floor and, oh, that, that's, that's the one I like. You look really funny, but it's great. Did you have, um, you had slow flow yoga? That's yes. the one I gave you, right? Yes, yes. Y- yeah. Good. And, and I, I just totally loved that one. But yes, the boot camp was what I would do when I knew that I had something big I was supposed to do for the day, but it wasn't going to happen. And so as soon as my husband would walk out the door, I'd be in my room running into the wall sometimes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, would, I would be doing that. But I, I guess I have to share because uh, Vanessa and Amanda over with Project Athena would just be so sad if I didn't share my most interesting training day. So oh, yes. You have certain things you have to do. You have mandatory num- you know, numbers of miles you have to put in at, at a certain time. Well, 
in September, two weeks before we had to do 18 miles. <laughs> and so I started in the morning with some friends over on um, an Alzheimer's walk. And that, that walk was only a couple of miles. Um, but what I did was I just kept moving the whole time we were there. And I would like walk back and forth, walk in place, jog in place. I'm like, okay, I just got to keep moving. <laughs> and then afterwards, I, I told my uh, my best gal friend, Jamie, I said, come on. I go, let's go walk with the boys because we have a group of um, our friends that go and walk at Woodward Park every Saturday. And she was like, I'm tired, but okay, let's go. So <laughs> went and did a few more miles over there with them. And so I think by the end of that, I was at seven and a half. And I'm like, all right, I got 10 and a half to go. Oh, gosh. I came home and I did 10 and a half miles in my house. Oh, my gosh. I walked, I ran, I jogged in place. I learned I can run in a pretty straight line, which is really (laughs) funny because I can't walk in a straight line. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. I can't either. Yeah. Yeah. And and so it, it was so funny because I was so proud and my kid, you know, she had had cheer that day. So she came home after cheer and crash. She woke up about mile 16 and she was like, no way you've done it. And I was like, look, look on my app, look on my Fitbit. And she's like, oh my gosh. She goes, well, I'll put the Fitbit on it, you know, at the last mile. And I go, oh, hell no. I've went this far. I'm not going to let you take over. (laughs) (laughs) So she, she went with you. Yes. So Carson, was able to come um, on the adventure with me. They did, um, I, you know, I put it out there that I thought that it would be a good idea to make Carson and, and Athena as well. Because, of course, her life is very different than a lot of kids her age. She, you know, she is the only one of her peer group, you know, at school that has a parent who is blind or visually impaired. And so you know, her life has been forever changed as well. She's never had the chance to know me any different. Right. And, and so I, you know, I had put that out there to them and they loved the idea. (laughs) And so, yeah, Carson and I were lucky enough to make this incredible journey together. And I mean, even starting with just like the flight, I mean, she had never been on an airplane and, you know, the whole security issues and, you know, and she's like, you know, um, helicopter daughter, you know, she's looking <laughs> around, watching everybody, you know, like, oh, that person almost ran into you. And, you know, she's al- always, always watching over me. She's, she's an amazing kid. So she really, she, really is. She had to train too then, right? Yes. So she did training as well, but she is athletic. That's the difference. And, and so, um, she was able to do a lot of her stuff just in general, like at school, over the summer, she got a little lazy for a little bit, and so she had to bump it up a notch. We did do, though, um, <laughs> you know, because we would do, like, walking around, like, our neighborhood, and then we would go to the grocery store, walk back and forth from there. And um, and it's not easy out here. Like I said, there's a lot of missing sidewalks and things, so it's very interesting. But uh, we walked from our house all the way to um, Chubby's Diner. <laughs> and it was 11 and a half miles. It took us something like four hours, four and four or five hours, something like that. Because we, 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 and then we took breaks, you know, so I think the actual walking was four. I could be wrong, but I think that's what she had figured out. 
And we did take breaks. We stopped at, like, Starbucks. Like, okay, we'll stop at Starbucks, get a coffee. And then we stopped at 7-Eleven and got a Slurpee. (laughs) And, yeah, you know, and then we stopped at my in-laws. And uh, they thought we were crazy. And I think we were, like, a seven and a half or something or 7.22 or whatever when we got there. And, you know, we stopped there for a minute. And then um, we didn't quite know where where we were going to go. We had an idea in our head. And then... We kept changing because it was like we were supposed to do nine miles. That was the whole thing. You're supposed to do nine miles. But where we originally were going to go, it wasn't going to be nine miles. So we're like, well, we'll go this way. Well, we didn't realize how far it was. (laughs) So we ended up with the 11 and a half. And um, let's see. On the way, we got chased by a dog. (laughs) Um, We had to go over this really interesting overpass that um, has like this chain link fence on one side. And so when you cannot see and all you can hear are those oh, cars, man. it is very incredibly scary. And yes. I couldn't use use my cane. Because you couldn't hear. Um, yeah. Because I couldn't hear. And then also because it kept getting stuck in the chain link fence. And oh, poor, gosh. poor Carson, she's like, Mom, stop pushing me. You're going to push me into traffic. Because <laughs> oh. I was just trying to get so far away from that fence. It was, oh, God, terrifying. <laughs> and then we're in this really nice neighborhood and there was a rat. sitting on the sidewalk (laughs) just having a meal and there's a lady outside of this house and we're like hey there's a rat right there and she's like oh yeah I see it and I'm like oh my god did she feed it maybe she fed the rat I don't know (laughs) you know um but yeah and and it was so funny because I literally like I told Carson like we have to walk way around this thing so we waited till there weren't any cars and we walked out like into the road I'm like, I can't be near that. No, 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 no. He's (laughs) laughing at me. Um, But oh, yeah. And then, oh, and for the first time ever, we joined a gym. So. Yeah. uh, I never, yeah, I never had joined a gym before. And it's just amazing all the different things that are out there. And an elliptical machine, when you're blind, is so weird. That's I've only been on on one one time. And I I felt like I just not coordinated or something but yeah it's like strange like I I don't even know how to explain it but you just it doesn't feel right but I got to where I was determined I'm like so every time we're at the gym I have to do that thing for like five to ten minutes (laughs) and you know I love your determination you know you well there's something I can't do or I feel like I can't do so I'm gonna go do that thing it's be afraid and just do it and that's it gets me into trouble. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it, get, it gets you into trouble, but it gets you into success and, and confidence, too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I always think, you know, you have to, you know, lead by example. If you, um, you know, have, you know, because, for instance, I'm, I'm the president of our chapter here. And, and I believe that, you know, okay, if you want your people to feel confident enough to go and try things outside of their comfort zone, you have to do it too. And so, yeah, like I said, I, I get myself into some, some trouble because I try so many more things now that I'm blind than I did when I was sighted. Isn't that I don't, fascinating? I, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't care. I don't care what people think. You know, if I look goofy and dumb, um, I can't <laughs> see them laughing at me. <laughs> you know, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, so let me ask you, uh, walking that 18 miles or walking those six miles or whatever it was, did you 
Did you hurt the next day? Were you sore? Oh, absolutely. And so absolutely. how did you how did you move through that m- mentally? I think, well, with the training, you know, mentally it was, okay, you know, I, I know that I have to condition my body to be used to enduring that amount of time. Um, because I think one thing that I learned overall, it's not just the walking part of it. It's the time part of it. Um, because you're on your feet for, you know, we, it took us 11 hours, Yeah. you know, so I just had to keep reminding myself that, you know, there was a, a reason to not, you know, that I, I wasn't feeling, you know, quite like myself and my legs felt a little like jelly sometimes, <laughs> you know, that that was okay. But I, I remember when we did like the, the 11 and a half and we came home and I was like, all right, I soaked, you know, did the whole Epsom salt soak and took a nap and then I, I felt incredible. Like I felt good because I think I saw all the adrenaline and all that. And then the next morning, you know, <laughs> and, uh, uh, we're Catholic. Okay. So the next morning when we're having to stand, kneel, sit in church. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> when everything was like, oh, that's not right. Something's <laughs> not right there. Um, but no, it definitely, it just say you and you have to try to eat right um, that was going to be my next question. What was it, your diet like? Uh, uh, I, I'll be honest. I'm not always perfect, but I learned of things that were previously like that. I, I wasn't so into like a, a lot of, a lot of cashews. I don't know what my deal has been with cashews, but, um, a lot of salt, um, and you do salt and you do sweet, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't realize, you know, how much you have to, um, replenish that salt in your body. Right. Um, and cause I've always been a sugar gal, you know, like I always have candy in my purse, gummy bears, you know, whatever, but that, that kind of changed over the course of this. And, you know, a lot of yogurt juice, just trying to incorporate, you know, what you can. And, and I, I'm, I actually have Crohn's disease as well. And, you know, and I don't know how much, you know, about Crohn's disease, but it, you have, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, um, have to, um, really kind of take care of, you know, replacing vitamins because a lot of times your body doesn't absorb things correctly. And I have a tendency to be one of the people with Crohn's disease that I lose my appetite. And so I don't eat and, so I think that the biggest thing that I had to keep doing was reminding myself that I needed to eat because you have to take in so many calories if you're going to be burning them. I think people forget over time that when they're exercising, they're, they're thinking more about the losing weight. And when you're training for something, that's the last thing you want to think about. You, you need to build build that muscle mass and, and lung capacity and vascular capacity to, to be able to su- sustain that for a long period of time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that, that was a whole new thing for me, uh, you know, was, okay, like I need to remind myself to, you know, have a little snack right now or, you know, paying attention to how many calories I was taking in and what was good versus bad. But I, you know, I did learn I, with me, and this is just me, I did have to, you know, try to do like more high calorie, high fat, you know, type of things because, 
that's what would keep me going. But right. that's just just me. Yeah. Well, everybody everybody's different, so you figure out what works for you. And so I'm assuming um, your trainer taught you how to do stretches and that kind of thing to keep yourself loose. Well, that was one thing that I, I think, cause that was part of what was in, you know, the training module. And, uh, you know, when we talked about it, well, and I think because of the, the yoga part of it, because, but even before, you know, I got, um, your yoga exercise, you know, I was still doing, you know, the little bit of yoga that I knew from, you know, teaching the chair yoga. So that, and those are good stretches. Those are really, really good stretches. Right. Um, but you know, overall it was, it was a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the training it's, you know, you're, you, you have to, um, help hold yourself accountable. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so you're the day of the walk did, um, I'm just I'm I'm all about relationships and I'm just really curious about that. I'm I'm assuming you had like really good conversations for eleven hours. I I suspect there were conversations that you probably may not have ever had in any other situation. Oh, absolutely! Oh my gosh! So you know, we started off the morning. We get to uh, this little. Um, Oh gosh, what it's like a glide, gliding airport thing, something. I don't know. That's a bad thing when you can't see sometimes and everything's kind of dreamlike and you forget. Um, so we start off at this little place in La Jolla and we get there and there's this whole spread of food. <laughs> and, you know, the night before we had all had dinner together. So we kind of met, you know, but you and I both know loud restaurants. That's a little hard to, yes. um, you know, talk, talk to everybody. Um, so we all, you know, were eating, eating up because, I mean, they had fruit, cereal, bagels, donuts, Pop-Tarts, and then, you know, all these, all these things you could stuff in your backpack to take along the way. It was amazing. And <laughs> we, you know, went around and, and did introductions, and um, there were, you know, there were 18 of us, and you, you just kind of, like, you start feeling it all coming together. Because you're, you know, listening to this person talk about, you know, their life and what got them there. And, you know, you're like, okay, you know, that person, I want to talk to that person. And, oh, I love this person's voice. And, um, <laughs> no, ev- you were the only blind one there, right? Yes, I am actually the only blind Athena they've ever had. Yes. Well, so, so what, were, what were some of the other things going on with people? Um, well, actually, well, Carson and I were the only Athenas, um, there, um, but we had the Sisler clan, um, and they, um, I think it's called Zanfeld. They are a sponsor for Project Athena. They make, uh, poison oak soaps and things like that. And so the whole family came and there was Mr. Steve, who is, uh, the, the, the papa Mm -hmm. and, and he, um, this was a bucket list thing for him. Huh. And, you know, he was very, very determined that he was going to do the whole thing. And, and he did. And, you know, he had his wife and a few of his kids and his uh, son-in-laws and everything. It was great. It was so great. <laughs> and, the, and then we had three gals from Kentucky who were just amazing. And they actually have done marathons together before. And they do a lot of training and biking and and all this stuff they're just adorable I, you know, <laughs> I wish I wish they lived closer yeah um 
And so, and then you had um, all of the trail angels. And these are people who, you know, adventure racing is part of their life, whether it be running, mountain biking, kayaking. Um, Robin, who is the founder of Project Athena, you know, she's amazing. She's a firefighter. She's a motivational speaker. Um, <laughs> all, all these different things. And then you have, um, Louise who does, um, running, I believe. And, um, Jack, who is Robin's brother. She, he, you know, he does different adventures and Anne who does just all these so you different had opportunities for a lot of good conversations to really get to know people over that period of time. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it was, it's so funny because I, I spent a lot of time with Robin, um, you know, cause I'd kind of go back and forth, uh, between a few different people. And I think Robin knows more about me than anybody, you know, else in the, in the world right now, because, <laughs> you know, she's just asking me all these questions and, you know, and I, I have had a very crazy, strange life. I mean, my whole life. And, it's kind of like a lifetime movie type thing. And, <laughs> and, and so, and she's asking me things and I'm like, Robin, you're, it sounds like I'm lying. I feel like it's just like, no, 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 tell me more. You know? <laughs> and it's like, so it, it, it was just really nice. And then I was able to ask her about, um, you know, different parts of her life with, you know, uh, firefighting and, um, also, uh, her motivational speaking, which I, you know, I, I'm really interested in, you know, I think that that's a very, very neat career hat to have, you know? And so yeah. I asked her about getting started and all of the, and all of that. And then it was so funny because Carson and I, when we were walking together for the most part, we were very quiet which is so funny because we're not usually quiet. And I don't know if it was just like taking in the moment or what, but it just, yeah, it was really funny. Ha, huh, that's interesting. So then, so you did that. And then how do you feel like it changed you? I, you know, I can't even like put it into a lot of words. It, 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 when you look back and, you think of the day, it, it just really, even right now, it's still like, I'm still processing it because you spend 11 hours with, you know, a whole group of people who are just wonderful and you walked 26 miles and, <laughs> you know, and you're trying to remember each little piece of it. Right. And I just, I still cannot believe that we actually did it. <laughs> I, I really can't. And I'm so funny because it's like, People, you know, they, they're asking me like, um, oh, what'd you do last, you know, last weekend? You know, cause this was, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I went for a little walk. You know, there were some people that like had no clue that I was doing this. It was like so funny. And like, then, then they're on Facebook, like what you're doing, what you're going, where you <laughs> <laughs> did you really walk 26 miles? Like, <laughs> yes, yes. I have the screenshot of my Fitbit to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Yeah, that's fabulous. So um, it, it was the cove to harbor. So just because I'm geographically challenged, which cove to which harbor? Okay, so from La Jolla Cove to um, San Diego Harbor where the Friendship Bell is. Okay. So it's right there um, with the military base and... 
Uh, it's so cool because my uh, little cousin lives down there with her husband and her babies. Oh, my gosh. They have the cutest little family. So she was able, um, her and her little family came and met us at the end. So that was so cool to be able to have family there to be a part of that moment. And I mean, like, they're literally like five minutes away from there. So oh, super that, awesome. Yeah, that's fabulous. So uh, let's give a good, a good, um, you know, some information about Project Athena Foundation. And you can apply to do one of these adventures. Is that right? Yes, you can either apply to be an Athena or a Zeus. Or if you just want to be, you know, fun and crazy, you can actually apply to be a god or a goddess. And with being a god or a goddess, you either, you know, pay um, for it yourself or you can fundraise. And the adventures have different costs. And that's all on the website. And what that helps with is, um, you know, not only getting you there, but getting an Athena or a Zeus there as well. Because it is no cost to those who are chosen to be Athenas and Zeuses. It's a, it's a scholarship, and they pay for your plane and everything? Yes, yes. Nice. So, you know, that's amazing. And then um, with uh, with the god and goddesses, it, pay, the, the, it pays for your adventure but you still have to get your get yourself there i believe that's how it works you know it, it's it's all there on the website and i believe it's project athenafoundation.org let's make sure we get that get that right for the show notes so people can go check that out the the right the right link we'll we'll get that we'll get that right so very very good i'm i feel like it's it's an exciting thing to do and i, I just think wow you know the the whole idea of walking with your daughter and you know having the courage to just do it you know even though it didn't necessarily seem to be in your your particular wheelhouse i think what a lot of us need to do is just step up and do do something different if you know we think we can't do it we just do it anyway i want to applaud applaud you for that well thank you and thank you for you you know you helped them get me through it too you know I, I had a had a, I had people from all over the country kind of giving me little tips and tricks and and things to get through it that's for sure and it, that made the hugest difference I think so you are it's CCB is that California Council yeah California Council of the Blind Okay, and that is a, a um, chapter of ACB? Um, we are an affiliate of ACB, yes. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, California Council of the Blind is a statewide um, organization. We have, oh gosh, something like 40 chapters and affiliates, I think, throughout the state. Um, so there's, if you're in California and you're blind and you, you need uh, some direction, some help, you want some buddies... Um, you know, you can you can find us at ccbnet.org. That's good for people in um, in California to know about. Yes, and then anywhere else, you can check out the uh, American Council of the Blind, which I don't know their exact what exact website, but you yeah, can look yeah. them up and you'll find them. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's easy enough. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. This has been a fun conversation, and it's been fun following you through this whole whole process. And uh, so what our listeners need to know is that Paul, 
Uh, he's the um, the executive director of CCB, right? Yes, yes. He got in touch with me and told me about Sarah. And so I I offered her some of the um, Ice Free Fitness workouts to help her with her, her training. And so I've been kind of watching and following her through this whole process. And so this is this is a fun, uh, a fun ending to that whole story. So I really appreciate you spending the time with us, Sarah. Oh, well, I appreciate you. I think we, we're going to have a forever friendship. Now. I think so. I think so. Yeah, it's so fun. All right, Sarah, you take care now. All right. Thank you. Hey, glad you could make it. Yeah. Wow. It sounds like that single word could tell quite the story. You have no idea. My wife and I got into it because each of us thought the other had taken out the recycling, and now it has to wait another week. And then the dog, <laughs> well, you get the idea. Sounds really stressful. It is. And on top of it, I have a physical tomorrow, and I know my doctor is going to tell me about how I should reduce my stress and take better care of myself. Have you considered yoga? Not even a little bit. I'm not a hug-a-tree kind of guy. And I'm afraid that if I tried some of those poses, not even the jaws of life could get me out of them. Yeah, yoga has gotten an interesting reputation over the years. I shied away from it for a while because I have my own faith and it just sounded too woo-woo, mystical or something. Then a friend turned me on to the yoga workouts produced by Blind Alive. I think of them as yoga for everyday people. What I mean is, Everything is well described, so there's no guesswork. It's more practical than mystical, and you can choose from any or all of three workouts. One is done primarily in a chair, one is done almost entirely on the floor, and the other uses seating, standing, and floor poses. It feels really good and really natural. I could use a bit more of that in my life. And there's no reason you couldn't do it together as a family. While the workouts are described for people who are blind or visually impaired, they are effective for everyone. We're all so hurried, so scattered, and so stressed. Maybe I'll give these a try. If you're curious, you can always listen to samples of each of the workouts. Just visit www.blindalive.com for all the details. Let's book it. This time on Book It, I'm here to tell you about the one I almost didn't read. A friend of mine kept pushing me to read it. Our conversations would go something like this. It's a fantastic book. You'll love it. You have to read it. And I would say, yeah, but that title, it's hideous. My friend would then say that I shouldn't judge a book by its title and should just do it. She promised me that if I read a few pages, I'd be hooked. And she was right. The book I'm reviewing is called the Unapologetic Fat Girl's Guide to Exercise and Other Incendiary Acts. And it's by Hannah Blank, H-A-N-N-E-B-L-A-N-K. The title still hasn't grown on me, not one bit, but I've got to give it credit for being descriptive. Often, when I hear the word unapologetic, it sort of conveys to me that an apology really should be forthcoming but isn't. I picture a three-year-old stamping her foot, and sticking out her lip and saying, I'm not sorry. But this isn't that kind of apologetic. This is, I don't have need or reason to be sorry. So even though society thinks I should apologize for being someone who is overweight and 
in some cases, for taking up space in the world? I will not. I know that many of our listeners are likely of average weight, but don't dismiss this book yet. I think this is a fantastic read, a fantastic treatise on advocacy, on determining what it is that you want and going after it, on speaking up for yourself, and on doing everything you can to make it happen. Granted, it is written from the standpoint of someone who, using her own words, is fat. She does not use fat as a term of judgment, but just a fact of her life. She says that working out may change your body shape and size, but it may or may not result in weight loss. She strongly advocates working out, though, for several reasons. The joy of doing so, the fact that our bodies are designed to move, and the fact that moving our bodies will increase our overall health despite our size. Just as working out will benefit someone who is fat, it benefits the average size person. It also benefits those of us who are blind. Often, we don't advocate for what we need because we don't know and experience that joy, but also we feel like it's going to be a lot of work and a chore, and it's going to inconvenience us, and it's going to inconvenience other people. Reading this book felt like having a conversation with a friend, and when I would inwardly object to something, ooh, that's a little bold, that's a little harsh, it was almost like having this friend kind of nudge me in the ribs, put an arm around my shoulder, and playfully say, okay, it's time for you to get over yourself, find out what you want, and just do it. It's not advice you would necessarily take from a stranger, but in this case, I felt like the author was a friend, and I felt ready and open and willing to listen to what she had to say. In her experience, she was talking about finding access to gyms, classes, and personal trainers, and she felt it was important to ask questions like, have you worked with other people who have large bodies? Are you familiar with the needs that they may have when working out? Do you have equipment that will accommodate me? Can I feel comfortable in and follow along with your class? And really, these are questions we can ask. Have you ever worked with people who are blind? Are you familiar with their needs? Do you have machines I can use? Can I feel comfortable in your classes? Can I follow along? So there's a lot of crossover. There's a lot of substitution. Whether or not you are someone who is large. You can learn a lot from this book. And the kind of learning, in my mind, is not necessarily the kind where you write down steps and suggestions in a notebook, although you might want to do that. It's the kind where concepts and ideas and attitudes get incorporated into your thinking and make you a stronger person. Back to the title, I found that in light of all of this, what the author described as incendiary acts weren't really all that incendiary. Of course, they are, and they seem like it, if you are just getting used to advocating for yourself and finding out what you want and finding out what you need. But really, they're just doing your thing day after day, looking out for yourself, doing what's best for yourself. There were two subsections of the book I found particularly interesting, although one was a little painful because, as books sometimes tend to do, it struck a little bit close to home. She was talking about working out, and while she stressed the importance of finding things that you could do that brought you joy and that lent variety to your workouts, 
that sometimes you would just be bored. And this one made me squirm because for years I avoided exercising. It just didn't seem fair to me that my options seemed so limited. I wanted to be able to play volleyball. I wanted to be able to walk or maybe even, heaven forbid, run in my area without having to be ultra aware of traffic and other environmental factors. So my bad attitude and I decided that because it wasn't fair, I just wouldn't do anything. And basically what she stressed in the book was sometimes being bored and sometimes doing boring things is part of being an adult and that we need to do them because of the payoffs that we will get from them. Of course, I had come to this realization myself some years back as I've been working out regularly for probably about 10 years now. However, the reminder is good. It's not always going to be fun, and it's not always going to be exciting, but it will always be helpful and healthful. Another topic discussed in the book was the fear of some large people that when they get down on the floor, they will not be able to get up. I've heard this quite a lot, not only from larger people, but from older people or people who just don't feel that their strength or flexibility is now what it once was. I've also heard it from time to time from people who were born blind, who were never expected to get on the floor or get up and didn't really know how to go about it and were afraid that either they would fall when getting down onto the floor or were afraid that they would not be able to get up. I like that the author addresses this head on because it's such a big concern for some people. And she talks about muscles that you can strengthen and exercises you can do to prepare yourself for getting down on the floor or getting up from the floor. She also talks about the worst case scenario, that time when you think you're ready and you give it a try and you really can't get up from the floor without assistance. She talks about how to get the assistance you need and how other people can assist you with this process with as little strain and difficulty as possible. If you are someone who is larger, you will especially appreciate the unrelated takeaway from this book. Many people say that everyone should work out, but they don't necessarily discuss the unique needs of people with particular body shapes. The author has a very complete resource list of exercise equipment that is geared for people of various sizes, abilities, and disabilities, as well as clothes that will support and be of help in a workout. The book is around 200 pages with these resources, so it was a relatively short read. I'm very glad that I read it, and I encourage you, whether you have a disability or not, whether you are a larger person or not, to give this book a chance. Maybe you start reading it, and you decide it's not really for you, but my suggestion is that you at least give it a start. I would give this book five out of five glasses of lemon water because it discusses a wide variety of diverse people and their needs. It gives information that will kind of be incorporated into your thinking, but it also gives very down-to-earth suggestions. This book is available from Bookshare, but is not available at this time from Bard, Audible, or any other audio sources with which I am familiar. You can read it on Kindle, Nook, and in whatever formats work best for you. Just a tip, if you want to read any book, 
that has been mentioned here or elsewhere, and you're not sure if you're going to like it or if it's worth spending the money, many times you can request a sample of the book, and this will give you a few pages of the book so that you can start reading and decide whether or not it's something that will work for you. If you have any books you'd like me to consider for this segment, no matter how unusual the titles, please feel free to send me email at lisa at blindalive.com. Happy reading! That about wraps it up for today's podcast. I do want to let people know that uh, we do have a list serve the Eyes Free Fitness List Serve, and you can find the links to that in the show notes. Also, something new, I do have a Facebook page. It's the Blind Alive Facebook page, and I would love it if people would go check it out. I've been posting more things there recently, like a video. One is a video of my office space and uh, playing with furniture, and I'm going to be doing a few more like that. They are described to the best of my ability, but they are videos, so they're on the Facebook page. Go check it out. Like the Facebook page, and uh, please tell your friends about this podcast and where you can find it. And uh, as always, we can go to the website and subscribe to the newsletter, or you can access that link in the show notes for this podcast. So I hope everybody has a great couple of weeks, and we'll be talking to you then.